faithwire.com. Thousands of flights are getting canceled and wreaking havoc on families across the nation this holiday season. Today is Monday, December 27th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them. All from a Christian perspective, that's what we do here. Hope you had a fantastic Christmas. And we are back here in the saddle. Well, Billy Hallowell and I are back here in the saddle. Tregon Phillips is uh, still in his, yeah, gallivanting in his winter wonderland coma, snow coma. So um, it's more of a hot cocoa coma. Yeah, hot cocoa coma out there in, I don't know, somewhere where there's the North Pole. I think I think we've determined he was at the North Pole. Matching pajamas. I know. I mean, all sorts of obnoxious. It's obnoxious. So Trey will be back tomorrow. Um, but, uh, in the meantime, you've got us, you can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and give us subscribe over there. But, but, uh, what else we got coming up, Billy, besides the chaos going on around the country of all the flights getting canceled? Oh, thank goodness I didn't travel. Well, we've got another story <laughs> about a, a pastor in his church down in Texas. Um, a vandal smashed almost every window. I mean, this is a big church at this church on Christmas Eve morning. We'll talk about the pastor's reaction. And we've also got an army vet paying off almost 700 people's late utility bills. We'll talk about why he's doing that. That's a great story. And um, also, there's another one we have coming up of a family who lost their home to a fire, but there was one thing that survived. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that because it's it's uh, quite interesting enough for it to uh, make the rounds on social media. So we'll have all of that coming up. But we're going to start here with the crazy, crazy travel season as Omicron is just going around, I mean, I, Billy, I don't know about you, but I, I'm just seeing more people in my circles with COVID than, I, than I've ever seen in this whole pandemic. You know, every now and then you'd get someone pop up with it and you'd kind of go, oh, some, so-and-so's got it. But I'm, I'm so many people, so many yeah, people it, in my circles getting it. Yeah, Everyone I know, I feel like, or at least one person in everyone's family. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, thankfully, most of it right now is Omicron, which as far as we know is less deadly. If you look at the trends on the CDC website, the ca- while the cases are spiking, the deaths are staying flat or going down. So that could be a blessing in disguise. We don't know. It's still too early to know yet. But, um, you know, there, there are some wondering, hey, are we going to get to natural immunity faster here with less death uh, in, in the middle of it all? So, I mean, we could just pray yeah. that that's the case and that maybe this will be the beginning of the end for this thing but uh, there's no megatron or some other right. thing coming <laughs> no, some next. other yeah. some other variant that's horrible I mean, if we have less deadly variants then then it would be a good thing overall um but because of that in part you've got more than 2000 flights were canceled uh, just on monday as covid surged across the globe you got 220 uh, i'm sorry 2200 canceled flights more than 700 were within into or out of the United States, uh, this according to FlightAware via CNN, and more than 3,000 flights are delayed. So good luck if you're traveling right now. But globally, airlines canceled more than 6,000 flights on Christmas Eve. You may have been caught up in that chaos. Um, the And Christmas and the day after Christmas. In the U.S., more than 1,200 flights were canceled and more than 5,000 were delayed on Sunday alone. As the main reason, Omicron, because staff and crew all called out sick. And I, this is happening in a lot of places where you're just people are getting COVID and they're like, I don't want to spread it. So they just stay home. 
Yeah. And that's apparently having, happening for the uh, airlines as well. And of course, this is, everyone knows, one of the busiest travel times of the year for air travel. And um, uh, the uh, Transportation Security Administration said it screened millions of people each day over the holiday weekend, weekend peaking at 2.19 million travelers just on Thursday, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. And uh, on Wednesday, more people passed through TSA checkpoints on the, than on the same day in 2019. So you had actually increased travel that compared to prior to COVID. But then you're getting all these cancellations and, and everything else. So um, they're obviously attributing it to Omicron and the spike there and the flight crews and the people who run their operations are not able to come in. And so they can't run the flights. And so just causing a, a lot of chaos and uh, disruption on, on, I think a lot of people have probably experienced having to cancel plans or someone was coming in and had to get canceled. Um, but here we are. It's just the latest in a long line of craziness with uh, COVID. But uh, number two on this, I wanted to mention too, uh, it's not just the airlines. We've seen this on professional sports. I know, Billy, you're not the like, hugest professional sports fan. I, I, Trey is definitely not. But uh, I follow a bunch. Of, I follow basketball and I follow football, and there are games just getting either postponed. Uh, they're getting not not really canceled so much, but all the star players, all, all the main players, are just out. They just test. There are just so many of them testing positive for COVID, and so they can't play because they have all these protocols in place in both leagues that they set up. And you're just seeing them play these games without the star players, the marquee players. It's really something else. Um, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast, but after my favorite football team was deleted uh, from existence in the NFL, I switched over to the Indianapolis Colts because they've got... Uh, look, I'm biased towards the Christians. Carson Wentz went there. Frank Reich is an outspoken Christian. So if you watch Hard Knocks, you see a lot of the players are praying and, and all the rest. So naturally, I just... look. If 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 players can come free agents, Billy, I, fans you should be able go to go with the believers. Yeah, yeah just, just the fans should be able to come for, free agents too. This is a, a, a unpopular idea, but I'm embracing <laughs> it anyway. Long story short, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan now, and they had like half of their team out uh, uh, on Saturday night, Christmas night. They played it, so and it ended up being an amazing game, amazing win for the Colts. But but it's just wild though that all this stuff is just happening now. Like we said at the beginning, more and more people are getting it. And uh, I mean, why does it matter? I mean, I guess just I, I, I don't know how it's changing your life, but I know my wife and I and, and we're just very now. OK, what do we do now? Are we and you try to find a test and you can't find it. Um, there's yeah. a lot of places where the tests are out. So it's just wreaking havoc. And um, obviously it matters for all of us because our daily lives are impacted by how many of these covid cases are going around. Yeah. And, and you've got to make I mean, it's it's very tough and, and there's so much debate around it, too. There's also this weird it's like it's a social pressure, right? Yeah. Surrounding all of this. I know a lot of churches are struggling with this, too. You know, we talk about sports. We talk about a lot of events and entertainment, movie theaters. But what about and by the way, <clears throat> you know what? A, Spider-Man made like a billion dollars. So clearly <laughs> yeah. people are going to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. But, <clears throat> you know, I know churches are really struggling because there's differences of opinion inside of churches surrounding how to deal with this right mm. do you do you do remote services do you offer that still do you i mean there's just so many different things so that's another part of it i think that adds some stress for people is not not really knowing how people are going to react to your stand even within the church on it and how does that affect 
our gathering and our events. And so, yeah, I mean, it matters because obviously, like you were saying, we've, we've all got to make tough choices in life. And even if we want to pretend, I mean, there are some people out there where they're just like, I'm not letting COVID change anything about my life. <laughs> That's not really possible because like you were saying, every sector is impacted by yeah. this. Yeah. And like, even if you're, even if you're not, worried about covid you don't you don't think you're in a high risk category you still have to take pause about potentially spreading it to someone else because that is a real thing and we don't know exactly we, you know we still don't know a lot about exactly how it spreads and everything else and there's a lot of ridiculousness there's ridiculousness but you still want to be careful right and my general yeah. rule of thumb is if i can just socially distance i feel like that's the safest thing if i'm not just all over somebody and coughing on them but i mean i go through the grocery store and they've got these Oh, I was thinking of how ridiculous this is, Billy. They've got these plastic, these clear plastic squares, like hanging. It's in the grocery aisle. You know, picture the checkout line. You've got the conveyor belt thing, and then right next to the to the the clerk, there's about a I don't know two by two, maybe not even square, a clear plastic square just hanging there. And I'm thinking, well, is COVID just not? going to go in the air around this what i don't understand what this is like it just well, yeah and then there's the red arrows which i do right. not ever follow i'm always <laughs> going the wrong way down the aisle yeah every time right the wrong way down the aisle but i just love the i love the little tiny square like i'm gonna hold up a i'm gonna hold up a ping pong paddle and that's in between us and that's gonna stop covid like what are you what are you talking about i mean it's just <laughs> like we're doing the dumbest thing there is going to be a documentary or multiple documentaries in 20 years from now and it's going to be people laughing at us for all the dumb things we did. Oh, they, they narrated by Anthony Fauci, yeah. <laughs> who will be 183 at that. Yeah, point. indeed, indeed. So anyway, we have uh, lots of people we know that are are being impacted by COVID right now. So it's thankfully Omicron is not so far as deadly as as Delta, but I know people are still struggling with it. We know some personally, and so definitely continued prayers for this whole crazy situation. Yeah, and there's another crazy situation going on down in, in Austin, Texas. This was a, a story that, that caught my eye this morning. It's our Savior Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. Christmas Eve morning around 6 a.m., the security cameras show a man showing up with what looked like a sign on a metal pole. So I'm picturing like a stop sign maybe, something like that. And That's this, never, never a good sign. That never is never a good sign, good sign with that. <laughs> Exactly. So he walks around the church and he smashes in almost every single window. These are beautiful stained glass windows. Sad. It's a big church. And the front doors, smashing the front doors in. The estimation is between a hundred and three hundred thousand dollar damage. Jeez. So it's crazy. And it's Christmas Eve morning. And so somebody from church rolls up, they see all the windows smashed, and what the pastor decided to do, and his name is Eric Borchers. He got on Facebook, put up a video, and said, look, community, it's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. We're not letting this stop us. We've got a few hours before we do our Christmas Eve service. I don't care who you are, whether you go to the church or not. Please come out and help us. We got to clean up this glass. We got to board up the windows. And the community responded. People went out to the church boarded it up they were ready that evening for service and they did another service christmas morning and so just a really interesting story he also forgave the guy responsible for this i don't mm. think they've caught the guy yet 
Uh, but he forgave him and he said, look, he must not have been in his in his right mind at the time. Um, and he told he told the community in the initial video, I don't want you to be sad over this. Like, let's come together. Let's do this. And they really turned. And, and here's why it matters. They turned a bad situation into something that we can look at as, wow, what a great way to respond to something. He, he not only rallied the community, he forgave the guy publicly and went out of his way to do that and even said, you know, it is what it is. I hope the guy's okay. I hope he's safe. And again, though, I was shocked by that hundred dollars to $300,000 figure. That is a lot yeah. of money and a lot of glass and a lot of destruction, right? Yeah, and it's really sad, too, with those stained glass windows because that's kind of a lost art, basically. And so I don't know how old those ones were, but some of those, you know, depending on the artwork on them, are just are just stunning. They're just stunning to look at. And so, um, and, and I can imagine <laughs> probably contributed to some of that price tag. Um, yes. you know, having, yeah. having a nice stained window like that. So it's, it's always sad when you see something like that go, but it's just even more sad that somebody feels that much hatred or, or are that lost or that disturbed that he they feel the whistling. need to do that. Yeah. That's, he walked away whistling. I found that detail kind of strange. The video captured the guy kind of just like whistling like it was any other day. Yeah. Just smashing just, every window. Just smashing the windows. Yeah. I yeah. think people just lose it. And, and I don't know. I mean, look, Billy, you're the you are the uh, demon king here with your with your book on demons. And <laughs> I mean, I jo we joke about that around the office because of, you know, that you wrote that yeah. book. But it's but it but in a, but seriously, it is a serious topic. And, um, you know, People think, oh, that's an old thing from the Bible. I don't know. You see somebody walking around like that, smashing windows at a church and whistling, like and you just wonder. You right? just like wonder. What, you what just would wonder. make you? What would make you have such disdain? You can go to a Seven Eleven. You could go anywhere. Why is it that you've chosen a church, right? Yeah. And it's Chris. And it's Christmas Eve. Yep. I think. Um, you know, we we see a lot of stories like that that make us wonder. And I think the first reaction is, oh, that person's out of their mind. And a lot of times they they very well may be. Yeah. But there could be. There could be something else going on sometimes yeah. too. So yeah, absolutely. No, a hundred percent. I mean, um, definitely be praying for that person and um, you know, that church as they try to get back on their feet after that. That's something that'll rattle you too, because you just don't feel safe. Uh, right. Is he like gonna that. come back? Yeah. Is he or, gonna come back? But they rallied, right? I mean, yeah. that's the part that I love that the community came together, they cleaned that glass up, they boarded it up, and they were ready within a few hours to have service, and they held it. That's great. And by the way, his service was about the chaos in the world. And he said, this actually perfectly fits what we're going to yeah. talk about tonight. <laughs> it was an elaborate, it was an elaborate um, sermon illustration. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Okay. A little gallows humor never killed anyone. So, um, or at least that's what I say. All right. Allegedly. Story number three here. So this one is quite something. So a family of four, they're counting their blessings after they had a huge fire that destroyed almost everything in their home but uh this happened like an overnight fire 4 a.m uh and they basically everything is destroyed they don't know how it was started um their dogs were missing after the fire but um and none of them have actually returned uh one of them returned and two of them are still missing so uh, that's obviously a, a sad detail here but but despite everything being destroyed there was one item that survived the flames, and there's this picture uh, that we're going to have up on the site, and it's it's from this Voigt family here in San Antonio, and one thing survived. You can see all the rubble around her, and it's their Bible. It's their Bible, and it's a little bit charred on the edges there, but it survived, and it's still there. And when you look at the 
house photos, it's kind of miraculous that anything survived that. The whole house is charred up and pretty much torched. Um, and so there's a GoFundMe there to help them get a new home. And they've also reached out to the Red Cross to help looking for a place to stay uh, in the middle of all this. Hopefully they get a little more assistance from people around them. I'm not sure what the area there is like that they're actually in. But um, but just amazing that the Bible, this is one of those stories, Bill, Billy, when you look at it and you think, well, what does it mean exactly that the Bible survived, right? Because I know that the the atheist type people will say, oh, well, that's great, but their house burned down. Well, what about that? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so you know, but when I look at it, I think, well, look, God doesn't stop every bad thing from happening. Uh, just read your Bible; that's very clear. And and so that's not that shouldn't be the expectation that, oh, well, if some bad things happen and and then there's this sign that the that the Bible survived, that like, you know, uh, our, the our existence on this earth isn't just for all happiness and ease and peace. Right. Yeah. And um, I think yep. that moments like these, you don't know what God has in store for this family. Um, you don't know how God's name is going to be glorified in the midst of this. You don't know how other people are going to be drawn to God because of something like this. But um, when you see the Bible survive like that, and that's something that the family clings to and that they're um, drawing on in the midst of this, you know, who knows how God is going to use that situation. But uh, it is. It is quite remarkable that it survived that fire. Well, and you wonder, you know, I, I often think I can't speak for God, but the first thought I have is, you know, it's always faithful families too, by the way. It's not yeah. usually people who don't care about the Bible. The, yeah. It's always somebody who, you know, I know the atheists would say, well, that's because they're just superstitious and they're, you know, but <laughs> but I think what, what often happens is it becomes that symbol of hope for, for those believers where it's like, look, I'm still here with you. You may have lost everything. It may all be gone, but, yeah. you know, I'm still here for you. And yeah, we have to go back to the conversation we've had on this show many times about purpose and what is God's purpose and his plan. And sometimes you know, things happen for a reason. That story is going to inspire other people, right? And, yeah. you know, there, there's so many different just lines of thought of where that can go. But I always do find a little bit of inspiration in those moments because, man, everything else is burned and there's that Bible just sitting there, right? Yeah. As that reminder. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point you make because, I mean, we're reading uh, right now through... Uh, the Exodus as a family. That's our, our morning Bible study that we're doing. And we're right at the point now where they finally, you know, get out and, you know, Pharaoh finally just says, I've had enough and get out of here. And then God's leading them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. And that that's clearly imagery to show them very clearly that that God is with them. I mean, the, they they would follow where it went. They didn't even know where to go. They just followed it. Uh, but you look at that, and like you said, that's that's God showing clearly that he because this is it. It wasn't like they just took the shortcut and then they were there in a couple days. Like they forty years of wandering out there. So yeah. and so, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people didn't. I mean, there was you know, hundreds of thousands of people you know out there on that journey. I'm sure some of them died along the way of that. So you you had a lot of grumbling. And people wondering, what are we doing out here? Uh, even with that sign of God being with them, but um, but po point Absolutely. being, point being that God doesn't always, you know, make it easy on us. And then, and so, to your point exactly, like seeing that Bible there. I mean, maybe that's just one little example of a modern day, you know, pillar of fire, pillar of pillar of smoke. 
Yep. And sometimes it's just, you know, those little miracles that pull us through, right? Those little things yeah. that give people the hope that they need. And I would bet for that family, if they're believers, that they saw that and it just kind of you know opened their heart in a moment where their hearts felt dead, you yeah. know? So yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to our last story. And this one I really like. It's a great way to end the show today uh, because this is about a guy who has gone out of his way to do good things for other people. Uh, usually when you hear the term a Florida man, you kind of cringe <laughs> for what's going to come next. But this time, this time, this Florida man, is he's a U.S. Army veteran. His name is Mike Esmond. And he has donated tens of thousands of dollars to help pay off almost 700 mm. account balances. So you're talking about 700 people, but many more people than that, 700 families who had gone late on the utility bills. And when you add up everything he's done the last three years, he has donated $96,000 to local residents around him who couldn't pay those utility bills. And he initially... Uh, for the last two Christmases before this Christmas season, he had given 12000 of his own money. Then he was given a grant, a $104,000 check, and he's donated, um, you know, for his, his do-gooding, they gave him a check, and he's donated a good chunk of that now. Again, $96,000. This is a guy who owns, like, a pool and spa company, and when he was asked, you know, why he did this, he talked about how in the 1980s, he actually went through the same thing where he couldn't pay his bills. And he remembers what it's like for him and his family, you know, to not have the money. He would like mm. put, put a heater on in his kid's room, run over to his other kid's room, put it on. He would spend all night in the middle of winter trying to keep them warm with the, the little heat that they had. And so he remembers that. And why does that matter? That matters because all of us can remember times we've struggled. And, you know, it's easy to forget that and to just move on. But what he's done is he's found success, and now he's turning his money back over to help people. And he he initially said a couple of years ago when he first did it, eh, I might not do it again next year because I don't want people to just stop paying their bills if they think I'm going <laughs> to yeah, right. swoop in and do it. Um, but he's found other he's found ways to still do it uh, the last two years, and again, almost a hundred grand given out. Um, I don't know many people who aren't millionaires who are giving out a hundred thousand dollars to help people in that way. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. No, that is phenomenal, and I, I really like the um, aspect of this that he is. He it's like he doesn't want to forget that time when he struggling and that feeling of what it was like when he was struggling, because I think you know we've all been there. You know, young in our careers, you know. Those first couple of years are usually pretty lean for most people. It was for my wife and I. Well, she was still in grad school and I had an entry-level job, and you know, you're just scraping to get by. And so, you know, then as you progress in your career and you move along, you know, things become a little more stable. You kind of you kind of lose track of what that feeling was like a little bit. There are some things that remind, but I think for him, you know, I love that he's using that. It must have obviously had a big impact on him. Remember, like that was a huge moment in his life when it was just like, wow, I, I how am I going to pay the bills? Well, I, it was I, one of the coldest winters that yeah. year, too, when he was talking about this happening to him. Yeah. 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 So, so, it, so it totally yeah. sticks with you. And I, I can only imagine what that's like. Um, and so anyway, so good, good on him for uh, continuing to help people that were in a similar situation that he was in. I think it's great. And we often don't think about utility bills, right? Like if you can't pay for heat, if you can't pay, if you're behind and that gets shut off, oh. I mean, those are, we love to give other things, right? Like toys and there's nothing wrong with that. 
but you don't think about, you know, layaway angels and all that. Great. But, but what about the bills that people actually need to survive that often goes overlooked? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I mean, we're so spoiled as Americans, like our power grid is usually pretty stable and, you know, most of us can, you know, at least scrape up enough to keep the lights on. You know, the minute it goes off, we're like, oh, come on. It's been on for 10 minutes. Well, if I lose Wi-Fi, that's what happens. Or if my Starbucks isn't hot enough, those are my <laughs> yeah. you know, triggers. Right. So, uh, yeah. So when the when the it's a new level of desperation when the power is just off, because then your yeah. refrigerator's out, you can't keep the food good, and, and and everything else. So it's a total nightmare. And if you have kids or if you have elderly, uh, it makes it you know because it's one thing for a, a middle-aged sort of person that that's in their prime you could throw on some blankets you could maybe get by man when you got kids you got someone who's older it just becomes a lot more difficult and those situations become very serious very quickly so uh, sometimes just get a bag of food you know do get a bag of food for somebody do something small i mean that's a big thing for people it may seem small for us but people are in need yeah absolutely all right that is all the time we have for uh this episode of the podcast Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow i will actually be off Yes, um, Trey going, will come back and you'll be Tra- gone. Trey goes to uh, home from the snowland. I go to the snowland, but <laughs> I I'm, I don't like. It. I'm just going to sit in the lodge. I'm not while they go ski. Anyway, <laughs> all right. God bless. Head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. See you here tomorrow.